0: Preaching a sermon series called Give Me Jesus, and I pray this is the desire of every single one of your hearts to have more of Jesus, to have a closer walk with Jesus, to be nearer to Him each day. The Bible tells us that God has predestined everyone who believed to become conformed to the image of His Son. That means that it's God's will. For you to be like Jesus, and he's making you like Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit every day as you walk with him, and as you talk with him. Oh, what a joy it is to be a believer, isn't it? There's no privilege in the world like knowing God, and what a joy it is to celebrate that this morning. If you brought a Bible, I'm going to ask you to go to Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 1, and we're going to begin our reading Uh, There at verse 26. We've been talking about give me Jesus. And this morning I want to talk with you about the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. To a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege you've given us to come into the house of prayer. We're so blessed by your presence this morning. I ask that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. And I ask that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, that they might hear God's word, they might put it to work in their lives, that the seed of the word would bear much fruit. We ask that in Jesus' name, and the church said "Amen." amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to talk with you about the name of Jesus. We all know that names are important, and especially in the Bible, when someone was given a name, when a baby or child was given a name, that child uh, was given a name that often was prophetic and would be a name that would define the kind of life they would live. And many times we see that the people in the Bible lived up exactly to their name. Uh, to this day we use our names and there are names in our culture, in our society, that uh, evoke a great deal of interest and that have a, a lot of fame or renown that go along with them. When you look at history, there are great men who have uh, done extraordinary things in life and their names stick out to us. When we think about Alexander, you think of a conqueror. You think of Napoleon. You think of the conquest of Europe. Maybe you think of Newton and you think of the intellect of scientific revolution and discovery. Perhaps when you think about men like Galileo or others, you start to wonder about the great extraordinary intellect that these men possess. But think about men in our uh, generation that uh, hold uh, positions of uh, not necessarily importance but of great renown. They're basketball players, football players. They have names that people recognize. They like to wear their names. I personally don't like to wear anything that has somebody else's name on it. That's just me. All right, I don't know if you feel that way or not. I, I know some of you like to wear other people's names. But that's the way our culture is this morning, I want to talk to you about the importance of the name of Jesus. Because the name Jesus was the name given by God the Father to his son. We hear twice in the Bible, the angel comes, first of all, to Mary. And he says to Mary, this little virgin from Nazareth, he says to her, you're going to be with child. You're going to conceive. Uh, The Holy Spirit is going to conceive in your womb. A, a son, and he's going to be the son of God, and you're going to give him the name Jesus. And then the angel appears to Joseph, and he says to Joseph, Mary's uh, engaged-to-be uh, husband, her fiancé, as it were, her betrothed. He says to her, uh, I, have, uh, I have deposited in the womb of Mary a, a, a child who is going to be the son of God, and you're going to give to him the name Jesus. And so we need to look at what is this name all about because the name of Jesus has an extraordinary message for you and I this morning. The name of Jesus has a message for every age of of the church, for every age and, and for all of time. When you hear the name Jesus, you hear ultimately a word that the Hebrews were very familiar with. Because the name Jesus is uh, possibly pronounced Yeshua, which in the Old Testament we know as the the name Joshua. And so when you read the name Joshua in the Old Testament, and you read the name Jesus in the New Testament, you're actually reading the same name. It's just pronounced differently because it's in a different language. And so the name Jesus, the name uh, is associated with some of the great men of the Old Testament Primarily, is associated with Joshua, the great captain of the Lord's army, the deliverer of the people of Israel into the promised land. Joshua was a Moses' successor. He was the man that was able to do what Moses could not do. And Joshua gave to the people of Israel the possession of their promised land. He administered the, and governed the people uh, who are establishing a government in that new place. He gave them the ability to uh, fight battles and to win and did extraordinary feats because of the glory of God that was on his life. But all the while, Joshua was only a type or a shadow. He was a prefigure of the one that was to come. Joshua represented that there was a one, a, a, it was a Jesus who was coming in the future. And he would also be a captain of the hosts of God's army. That this Jesus who was coming would be the one to give to us access to the promised land of our faith. That Jesus would come to do what the law could not do and what Moses could not do. For the law was weak in, it in that it was dependent on the flesh. But Jesus did what the law could not do. And he gave us salvation and he gave us grace and righteousness before God. And so we see in Joshua a great picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's another great man in the Old Testament whose name was also Joshua. And he was a high priest of the nation of Israel. He became high priest at a time when Israel was in a desperate situation. They had just returned from the exile to Babylon. And so this Joshua was responsible for the rebuilding of the temple. And the reestablishing of the worship and uh, of the services of God in the temple that had been destroyed. So we see another figure and another type that Jesus would come. And like that old Joshua in the Old Testament, he also would be a great high priest. He would be our mediator between God and man. Our intercessor before the Father. And Just like that old Joshua rebuilt the temple. So that there might be worship and a connection and communion with God. So this new Joshua, this Jesus that I'm telling you about this morning. He came as our high priest to establish in our hearts the temple of the Holy Spirit. And to give to us access and communion with the living God. Someone say amen this morning. And so the history of the name Jesus is an important history. But you know the name itself in one word is an entire message. The name of Jesus in itself, in that one word, is contained all of the volumes of divine revelation. In that one word, Jesus is the whole message of the whole gospel of God for the world. Because you know the name Jesus means Jehovah saves. You know that that is why Jesus came. Jesus came to save. Say amen, somebody. Jesus, when you hear that name, Jesus, you're hearing the biography of the Son of God. You're hearing his mission statement, his purpose, his identity. Why did he come? He came to save. The Bible said that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come into the world to shame the world. He didn't come into the world to destroy the world. He came into the world to seek and save what was lost. He came to save. And he is able to save, the Bible says, to the uttermost, all of those who will call upon his name. How many of you this morning... Know that you know that you know that you are saved. Shout amen. I hope you know that you're saved, and if you if you know that you're not saved this morning, I hope you won't leave this church until you have said yes to God and given your life to Jesus Christ. But listen, if you know in your heart that you're saved, there's only one way you can know that. There's only one way that you could be saved, and that is because Jehovah saves. Can I tell you this morning that uh, that education cannot save? Can I tell you that a religion cannot save? Can I tell you that water baptism cannot save. Can I tell you that this church cannot save. Pastor Isaac cannot save. Only God can save. Only Jehovah can save. And Jehovah saved by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for sinners, that he might save you from the wrath of God and from the judgment that was due to your sins. So this morning, when we call on the name of Jesus, when we sing about the name of Jesus when we preach about the name of Jesus we are preaching the gospel. We are saying there is a God who saves. And I know this morning that you have a story to tell. Because some of you he saved from the guttermost, Some of you he saved from the very worst. He brought you out of bondage and disease. Others of you he brought out of religion and deadness. Some of you he brought out of, uh, out of uh, fornication and out of lies and out of the uh, addictions to this world. But today you're standing in the house of God saved. Saved. Save. Come on, somebody, give God praise for Jesus, the Savior of the world. This name is a message for us this morning. The name of Jesus is the sweetest message that any man or woman could ever hear. In any language, in all of the world, the message of the name of Jesus is one that brings hope and comfort to the human heart. First of all, it is a message of assurance. When you hear the name of Jesus, you receive the message of assurance that God has a plan for your life. Listen, friends, the name of Jesus tells us that God is involved in the world, that God has a plan to save sinners. And the name of Jesus tells us what God has in store for those who believe. Listen, when you call on the name of Jesus, you are declaring the assurance that you have in God. Because you see, there are a lot of names that have passed through the lips of men. But they're no longer being spoken today. But there is a name that still brings assurance to the human heart. A name that 2,000 years after it was uttered is still bringing hope and comfort. And that name is the name of Jesus. That name gives the assurance of hope to the hopeless, and to the helpless. It is the assurance of joy to the sorrowing and to the sour. It is the assurance of peace to the troubled and to the tormented. Oh, what a glorious name, the name of Jesus. What would you do without Jesus? Where would you be without Jesus if it hadn't been for the message of Jesus and the assurance that his name brings? You and I would have lost Our way, we would have been in despair. We would not be able to stand here with hope. We would not be able to face the challenges of tomorrow with any degree of certainty. But we have a name that grants us a firm foundation. A name where we can say if governments fail, there's still Jesus. If economies fail, there's still Jesus. If money fails, there's still Jesus. If jobs fail, there is still Jesus. If relationships fail, there is still Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the rock-solid foundation of the name of the Lord. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. That strong tower is the assurance to the believer that when all is said and done, God is going to get the glory and you will be saved in the arms of your loving God. The message of Jesus is a message of an inheritance toward man. In the name of Jesus, we have the will and testament of God toward men. It is a will and testament, an inheritance that has been given to you and I as believers in the name of Jesus we have justification for sin we have righteousness and forgiveness in the name of Jesus we have provision for our needs and we have healing for our bodies in the name of Jesus we have a door of access to the throne room of the living God it is the name that can shut the mouth of the devil and open the gates of heaven come on somebody I'm talking about the name that is above every name the name at which every knee will bow And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, not Buddha, Jesus Christ, not Mohammed, Jesus Christ, not Mary, Jesus Christ, not Abraham. Jesus Christ is the son of the living God and he is Lord and he is king forevermore. This name is a powerful name. The name of Jesus has so much power within it that when it is uttered by the mouth of a believer, it has the ability to change your life. Listen, friends, the name of Jesus can change your life. First of all, the name of Jesus has power over fear. When you find yourself in moments of anxiety and fear, all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is power over every fear that comes into the human heart. It is able to calm the storms in your life. I know sometimes we hear um, things happening on the news. We hear the Dow drop 500 points this week, and we think, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? And we might hear that your company is preparing to lay people off, and you say, oh, what's going to happen to me? Or maybe you hear of transitions that are going on in government, and you wonder what's next, and fear can come into the heart. You might feel a a part of your body that is sore and fear comes into your heart as you go to talk to a doctor about what it might be. You might might not be uh, in the the best condition of your life and you wonder, is this the end for me? And fears come in like a flood. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there is a name that is a dam against all those fears. It is a wall of resistance against the very power of anxiety and fear. It is the name of Jesus. Jesus, come on somebody, it is the name that can can dissipate every single dark fear that comes against your life. And can give you the light of hope, even in the midst of those moments of great fear. I heard the story long ago about a little boy. His family endured a very dark, dark tragedy. His father was drunk and high on drugs. He killed his mother violently. And then he killed himself. That little boy ran and he hid in a closet hoping to spare his life. And uh, when he finally was rescued and taken into a foster home, he came into the home of these foster parents who happened to be Christians. When he walked into their house, he saw hanging on the wall a picture frame of a man. And it was a, a picture of what artists think Jesus looked like. And some of you may have pictures like that in your house. When he looked at that picture, he said, who is that man? And they said, that man's name is Jesus. He said, I like that man. He said, because when I was afraid and I was hiding in the closet, he came into the closet and sat next to me. He put his arm around me and he said, don't be afraid. And I tell you, friend, only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can come into the deepest, darkest places of humanity and bring the hope and the light that comes with his name and his presence. And so when you call On his name you have the assurance that he is able to destroy the power of fear in your life the name of Jesus is power over demons and devils I hope you never meet any demons and I certainly hope you never meet the devil but I have a good hunch that every one of you has come across the the demonic forces of darkness at some point or another in your life and I want you to know that you don't have to be afraid Of demonic powers. You don't have to be afraid of what the devil can do to your life. Because the name of Jesus is feared in hell. When you pronounce the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. When you pronounce the name of Jesus, hell itself quivers and shakes at the power and the authority of that name. Come on. There is no other name that has been given on the earth. That name at which every knee will bow. That means disease bows at his name. And devils bow at his name. And demons bow at his name. Every unclean and evil spirit bows and must bow at the name of Jesus. And so, when you see your, your children acting a little devilish, just pray over them in the name of Jesus, all right? Cast that thing out in the name of Jesus. When you start to see uh, some, some things going on around your life, and see, this just doesn't look right. This looks like the enemy's been playing some games in my family. You call on the name of Jesus. Because it is Jesus that has vanquished the powers of darkness. He has disarmed the devil. And he has given you the authority of his name. He has given you the authority of his name to conquer the demons and the devils that come against your way and in your life. I hear the story about um, E.P. Scott. He was a missionary to India. E.P. Scott uh, he tells us that he was, uh, in this particular region, uh, th- it was very hostile toward the gospel. And he was ministering there in, in such hostility that they came to him, the primitive tribe came to him, and the warriors of that tribe came with their spears ready to kill him. They wanted to get rid of this man that was preaching another message and uh, another religion that they were unfamiliar with. And so he saw that he was about to lose his life. They had, uh, they had every intention to kill him. And with their spears pointed at him, he decided, well, if I'm about to die, I'll die worshiping. So he started singing. And he started singing, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. And as he started to sing, he just uh, carried on through the verses of that hymn. When he opened his eyes, he saw that the men who were ready to kill him had laid down their swords uh, or their spears. And their eyes had been filled with tears as they were moved by the presence of Jesus. Because there is a name at which demons must bow the knee. It is the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. The name of Jesus has power over sin. There is no power in the human life like the power of sin. Listen, the Bible says that we are slaves to sin. Outside of Christ, man has no control over the power of sin in his life. He may want to do good, but he finds that he doesn't have the power to do good. He may desire to live right, but he doesn't have the power to live right. And that's if he if he actually has a desire to live right. In most cases, the sinner has not even the desire to live a righteous or a good life. And yet... Man finds himself incapable of breaking the powers of the chains of sin. That's why when you look back over your life, you look back over your past, the past you lived without Jesus, you realize that there were things you did that didn't make any sense. You wondered why you did those things. You wonder why you stayed out partying and and, uh, you stayed out with your friends when you had babies at home that needed caring for. You wonder why you went and you did those things that were unpleasing and that were harmful to your body. I'll tell you why. Because you were a slave to sin. And that is the case for every man or woman in this world. From the moment you were born, you were born a slave to sin. And unless Jesus comes into your life, you'll die a slave to sin, friend. But I've come with good news. Jesus, the name of Jesus has power over sin Jesus came to destroy the chains that bind you to sin and to make you a slave to righteousness and to give you a new start in your life you know even Christians deal with sin, say amen somebody some of you are saying no pastor I don't know what you're talking about, Uh, I don't deal with sin ever and you just kind of hovered into church this morning but you know the rest of us we have to deal with the nature of sin that is in the human heart When Jesus came into your life, that nature remained there. But it is only by the power of Jesus that a Christian can live a holy and consecrated life. It is by the power of Jesus that you can say no to sin and yes to righteousness. And so this morning, I invite you to call on the name of Jesus. If you're struggling with temptation in your life, if there's a bondage in your life, Christian, you say, Pastor, I want to be free. I want to know the freedom that God brings, the freedom that God gives. Call on Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Let him change your life. Let him transform you and give you power over that sinful practice in your life. The Bible says this, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, it is the name of Jesus that can save you from the power of sin. If you call on psychology, psychology cannot deliver you from sin. If you call on philosophy, philosophy cannot deliver you from sin. You can call on Kingsway Church. Kingsway Church cannot deliver you from sin. Only Jesus can deliver you from sin. And the Bible says that whom Jesus sets free will be free indeed. Somebody shout freedom this morning in the house of God. Now we see there is yet another thing about the name of Jesus that gives it so much power. And that is that the name of Jesus empowers us to pray prayers that God will hear and that God will answer. Jesus told his disciples, he said, up until today, you have not prayed like this. But from now on, when you pray, pray in my name. And whatever you ask my Father in my name He will give unto you according to his will. Now listen, what was Jesus doing? Jesus was doing this. He was giving to you his credit card. He was saying, whenever you need anything in this life, if you need anything at all, you put it on my credit card. You put it on my account. I'm giving you the authority of my name. Now, back in the days before credit cards, my grandfather was a farmer, and so he had a, uh, a particular uh, store that he would go to to buy supplies for the, uh, for the farm, and he would buy his, his stock of seed for the year, and he would go in there, and he would put his entire uh, uh, year's worth of needs on a charge account. And uh, at the end of the harvest, he would come in, and he would pay up all of that account, and so all he had to do was go in or his children would go into the store and put it on his name. And so when they put it on his name, it meant he's going to pay for it. He's going to take care of the need. That's what Jesus did when he put into your hand that credit card, a divine that divine um, contract that says this card, this name has authority before God the Father. And when you pray in the name of Jesus... As a believer, you are able to have the assurance God is going to pay for what I need. God is going to bring what I need into my life. And God is going to supply that need in my life because I'm praying in faith. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus. I heard about a pastor who was invited to preach for the uh, state legislature here in the state of Texas. And when he uh, he, he was invited to pray, I should say. And when he was about to start uh, going out there to pray, they said, uh, Pastor, we would like for you not to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, we don't mind if you pray uh, uh, and uh, we want you to pray, but we don't want you to pray in the name of Jesus because some people might get offended. Not everybody prays in the name of Jesus. He said, well, just exactly who would you like to answer this prayer? Because there's only one person who can answer this prayer, and he will only answer prayer in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. You can call on any other God all you want. They can't hear you because they are dead in their graves. There is only one who will answer, and he will only answer in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus in his house this morning. You and I, when we prayed, we are speaking to God the Father. We are speaking to the almighty creator of the universe. We are speaking to the God who made you. And when we come to him, we don't come to him and say, Lord, I've been a good boy this year. I've been a good girl this year. Am I on your, am I on your good list? This is not Santa Claus, all right? We don't come to him on the basis of our deeds. We come to him on the basis of a name. We come to him on the basis of a man whose life was sinless, whose death was perfect, whose resurrection is eternal. We come to him in the name of Jesus, the name in which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And when God hears us pray. In faith, in the name of Jesus, he releases the entire power of heaven in our direction. All of the inventory of heaven is yours at the name of Jesus. But you have to pray in faith when you pray. Because the name of Jesus, the use of his name affirms. When we use his name, we are affirming that we are insufficient before God. That we can't do it on our own. Of our own strength. Or that our name cannot carry enough weight. When we pray in the name of Jesus. We are declaring that there is only one God. And that his son is named Jesus. When we pray in the name of Jesus. We are declaring that there is no name higher than his name. There is no name greater than his name. There is no name more powerful than his name. His name can unlock the very gates of heaven for you this morning and bring you into the presence of God and get into your life the resources that you need to live a holy, righteous life and to meet every one of your physical needs as well. The Bible talks about a blind man named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was uh, by the side of the road begging, as was his custom. and Scripture said that he heard that Jesus was coming through town. And so he started to pray. It wasn't, it wasn't prayer like you and I know prayer. Or maybe it was. It was a desperate prayer. Have you ever prayed a desperate prayer? It wasn't, it wasn't a formal prayer. All he started to do was pray like this. Jesus. Son of David. Have mercy on me. Did you know when you just say the name of Jesus. You're uttering a prayer. Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd told him, be quiet. Jesus is not stopping right here. He's not interested, but he kept on the louder. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy upon me. And the Bible said that Jesus stopped, and he went, and he called Bartimaeus to himself, and he healed him of his blindness, and that blind man went away seeing because he called on the name of Jesus. There were other blind men in Jericho, but only one of them could see because of the name of Jesus. He called on the name of Jesus. The Bible said that Peter and John were going to to church to pray. They were going to the temple. And as they were walking into the temple, they found another beggar who was lame. And he was asking them for, for alms. He was asking them for a donation. And Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I will give unto you in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. And that lame man rose up and walked because of the power of the name of the Lord, because of the power of the name of Jesus. The old hymn says, There is a name I love to hear, I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Do you love him this morning? Do you love him this morning? He first loved you. And his name speaks love to you. His name is a message of hope to you this morning. His name is a tower of refuge and strength for you this morning. His name is a foundation of our faith, and a foundation that will not ever crumble. The angel came to Mary and said, His name shall be called Jesus. Why Jesus? Because he will be great. He will be the Son of the Most High. He will be given the throne of his father David. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Ten thousand years from today, When the winds of time have passed over this life, and all that was said here this morning has been just about forgotten, one million years from today, when you and I are in the eternal ages, when you and I have been in heaven longer than we were ever on this earth, there will still be a name that has power. There will still be a name that has authority. There will still be a name that endures. It is the matchless, wonderful, glorious, sweet, beautiful name of Jesus. Somebody give him praise for that glorious name this morning. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please, as we pray? Almighty God, this morning, we thank you for a name... That is a key to eternal life. A name that is a key to hope and joy. A name that conquers fear and death and devils and demons and disease. We thank you for the name of Jesus by which our hearts have been changed, through which we can face tomorrow with a smile, having this assurance. My God is in control. My God saves and my God shall deliver. Lord, we want to be near you this morning. This is our heart's cry, our prayer. Actually, this is the need of our life. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. Oh, Lord, we need Jesus today. The preacher needs Jesus The elders need Jesus. The deacons and ushers need Jesus. Every man and woman in this room needs Jesus. Every person listening to me online, we need Jesus. This is our prayer to you this morning, oh God. Give me Jesus. Give me a richer, dearer, nearer walk with the God who loves me, who gave himself for me. We ask you in Jesus' name to meet with every person in this room in a personal and individual way, according to their need. We ask that in Jesus' name, because we know that you hear us when we pray. Would you join me in this altar this morning? Every single heart that says, I want more of Jesus in my life. I want more of God in my life. Would you just leave your pew and come to this altar? Come and find a place to seek the Lord, to say, Lord, I want your power in my life. Come on, I want to see a hungry church this morning. You can't get too much of Jesus. Let's come into this altar with hunger and thirst for God.